Hello there, Praise Community Church. Good to see you again. Unfortunately, this is becoming all too familiar, isn't it? But this too shall pass. So I hope you're doing well and staying strong and being an encourager uh, to people around you. And so just want to kind of just update you on a few things, have kind of a word of encouragement for you. Uh, small groups, hopefully by now you've been contacted at least once by someone who's kind of been assigned to you and again the goal there is just to kind of check up on you see how you're doing if there's any needs prayer requests so again it's just a way for us to kind of stay connected uh, to you again these groups aren't going to be meeting uh, together we're going to kind of maintain that uh, social distance but it's just again a way for us to kind of contact you see how you're doing and just kind of maintaining that connection and contact with you so if you haven't heard from someone yet either by phone call or email or a note in the mail uh, let us know and we'll make sure to follow up on that if you're kind of watching us and you're new to the church or you're seeing this for the first time and wanting to be a part of that contact us and we'll get you assigned to a group and we'll kind of just do this for the duration uh, of this uh, pandemic and once that's all finished uh, we won't need those groups anymore so it's just kind of a short-term temporary thing to kind of get us through and just to keep us uh, connected want to just kind of share with you this morning I was really privileged to be a part of a group of pastors that were able to do a phone conference with uh, Governor Kim Reynolds uh, down in Des Moines I was probably one of several hundred pastors across Iowa that just kind of convened together in a phone conference with her and uh, just want to kind of share a little bit about what we got from that today. First off, when uh, Governor Reynolds came on the phone call with us, uh, she really became quite emotional. Uh, it was the only time in the conversation that she did and really I think what really struck an emotional chord with Governor Reynolds was she just thanked us pastors uh, for praying for her, for their administration, and wanting us just to convey to our congregations how much they appreciate your prayers and how much of a difference they are making. So she was very, very emotional uh, in her conveyance of that. Uh, ask us to please keep praying for her, for her administration. These are tough times, unprecedented times, and your prayers really are making a difference. She specifically just asked to keep praying for prayers of just wisdom, guidance uh, for her, for her administration. So uh, again, it, it was just really, um, just very emotional for me to hear her because I know that that was coming from a, a place of being very, very heartfelt. Um, also just um, wanted to, uh, again, she just took, time to really again convey the importance of what they're doing. She said the decision to close churches, to do all that they're doing to try to spread the slow of this was a very, very difficult decision. She said it was the most difficult decision of her administration, but again underscored the importance of this. And she just simply stated that, you know, 80% of the people that get infected uh, with this virus are going to recover at home and it's not going to require hospitalization. 
her concern and the concern of her administration is for the 20% that do get this. And the 20% are going to be those that are elderly or have uh, physical issues that uh, cause their immune system to be compromised that they may require hospitalization. And just talking about, again, just the, um, the, the need to be able to conserve the resources, uh, the medical resources, uh, the hospital space, because not only do they have to really kind of uh, think about the 20% that get infected with this, this, this virus, but again, those who just have um, other needs outside of the virus, you know, people who uh, have heart attacks or strokes, I mean, things that are going to need medical care, hospitalization, and, and so they're really trying to do everything that they can to slow the spread so that there's just not this overwhelming um, need for uh, hospital beds and medical equipment that already is in uh, short supply. And so again, uh, doing all that we can do to uh, be at home whenever possible, to work from home to not gather in groups larger than 10. Again, this is one of the ways that we can love our neighbors. Um, and so again, she just really reiterated the need for us to understand that, to be able to convey that to the people in our congregation that uh, while this is a difficult, it is really a necessary sacrifice that we need um, to be making. They kind of really underscored uh, several needs that we have within the state. And so I, I want to just cover those really, really quickly. Again, the, the biggest need that we have is the food bank. Uh, they talked about the food bank kind of being our first defense against uh, a lot of what's happening in the state and the way that it's impacting people in the state. And, and we have our own food bank right here in Mason City, Iowa, the Hawkeye Harvest Food Bank. Fortunately uh, for our congregation, we have been collecting money to be able to donate to the food bank that they're able to purchase the necessary items from the state food bank. And so if you would like uh, to make a donation to the food bank, uh, you can do that directly to the food bank. You can do that through us and we'll get the money to the food bank. But again, it's just one of the ways that we can really help uh, people who are experiencing unemployment maybe for the first time or just have ongoing issues uh, with needs for food. It's a way that we can really, again, love our neighbor in a very helpful and in a practical way. The second thing is really through the, the blood bank. Uh, they're really needing blood donations. Uh, I've been doing, uh, myself, I've been donating blood for many years. I think I'm like a six-gallon donor, so this is something that is not new to me, but I also really uh, have always understood the need for that, and the need now is greater uh, than ever, especially with the a projected number of people that are going to be hospitalized because of this virus. They're really in need of blood donations. So if you're able uh, to do that, uh, you can contact LifeServe. That is the, uh, the blood donation service that services Mason City, Iowa, and they would be able to set up an appointment 
um, for you. So uh, I just did it recently. So um, uh, hopefully the next time I'm uh, up for that, I can do that uh, right away. And again, it just kind of helps that ongoing need. The third thing that they really kind of talked about again was childcare, with you know children being out of school and just the. Uh, uh, need that that's created for parents who have had child care, daycare options that are right now not available to them. So uh, if you're in any position to be able to offer child care, maybe you're already doing child care and can expand that. Again, that was kind of another need that the state has identified that we really uh, are short of right now. They're encouraging churches that are able to, to, to be able to try to provide in the short-term basis child care until schools can go back in in session and we can kind of get back to some kind of a sense of normal. We were able to end the phone call obviously uh, in praying uh, for our Governor Kim Reynolds um, and again we just want to encourage you to continue to do that. Continue praying for our president, uh, his administration, for Kim Reynolds, her administration and we just also encourage just be praying for our Mayor Bill Schickel and his administration so we're, we just need to be able to attack this at that national, the state and the local level. Um, and again, we just would encourage you as you continue to, to ride this out. Again, it's just so important for you to stay connected in your daily walk with God. You do that through Bible reading, through prayer. Uh, I kind of brought some things for uh, communion. You know, this is something that you can do at home uh, by simply just maybe getting a saltine cracker, Ritz cracker, uh, any any kind of cracker, um, and just some, some juice. I've got some grape juice here, and, and it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It can just be, you know, a, a cup, and you can do communion like we do it. If you want to dip it or you want a little cup and you drink, again, it, it's just a way to stay um, connected. Um, Jamie and I, we do our morning devotions and uh, there are times where we'll have communion uh, for just her and I. So it is a way, again, to incorporate communion in what you're already uh, doing that really can be, again, just an added layer of intimacy, of meaning um, in your devotion time and your being with the Lord. I want to kind of just, um, again, um, just if you're able to, to give, we, we just want to, you know, continue to encourage you uh, that even though we're not meeting together as a congregation, uh, we still have financial needs. There's still, you know, bills that need to be paid, uh, you know, salaries that still need to be paid. So if you're able, and again, we understand that this has created a lot of hardships and a lot of changes for people that we didn't have two weeks ago. And so if you're able, uh, you can, you know, just simply drop that here by the church. There's a mail slot. If you don't want to come in the building, you just slip it in the mail slot. You can mail it directly uh, to the church. We have ways that you can give uh, online. Um, so you uh, are a number of ways that you can give and just to continue the ongoing uh, support of the church. I want to share a scripture with you that I was reading this morning in my morning devotions from Romans chapter 5 and this comes from the Passion Translation and I thought it was just so relevant to so much of what 
we're going through and experiencing right now. So let me just share this uh, with you. I'll kind of comment as I read through that. But Paul starts out there in verse 1 there, chapter 5 in the Passion Translation, and he uh, says that our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. So just by our faith in Jesus, it, it transfers God's righteousness to us. It's declaring us righteous. And it goes on and says, and he's declaring us flawless or innocent in his eyes. It says this means that we can now enjoy lasting and true peace with God, all because of what Jesus Christ, the anointed one, has done on our behalf. It says our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. And what incredible joy burst forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. This is not something that God just does for us on Sunday mornings, but this is something that God longs to do and desires to do for us on a daily basis. Paul goes on in verse 3 and says, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble. Are we in times of trouble? Yeah, we are. And it says we have in these times of trouble a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures or our troubles will develop in us patient endurance. How many of you need patient endurance right now? And it goes on and says, and patient endurance will refine our character and proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope, he says, is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless, the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells in us. And it says, for when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. How many of us have felt that in the last week? That helplessness, that powerlessness, that weakness. It says, now who of us would dare die for the sake of a wicked person? Again, we can all understand if someone was willing to die for a truly noble person, but Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly. And Paul goes on in verse 9 and says, and there's still so much more to say of his unfailing love for us. And again, this is where I want to kind of tie and segue communion into this. For listen to what Paul says, for through the blood of Jesus. Again, that's what the juice in the cup represent. It represents the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for you and I. And Paul says, for it's through the blood of Jesus that we hear this powerful declaration, you are now righteous in my sight. Man, when we take the blood of Jesus Christ in communion, what that is, is that's declaring and making a very, very powerful declaration to us that we are now righteous in God's 
sight. And this again, this is where Paul says, man, when we take the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we have got to rightly discern what that means. And Paul's telling us what that means. And he says, because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. That is good news. Every time you take the bread and the, and the uh, juice in communion, what it is, is, is it's saying you'll never ever experience the wrath of God because Jesus' body was broken, his blood was shed on the cross for you and I. And he says, so if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours. God's giving us something greater than friendship. He says, now that we are at peace with God and because we share in his resurrection love, how much more we will be rescued from sin's dominion. And then he closes with, with this in verse 11. I want to close with it. He says, and even more than that, we overflow with triumphant joy in our new relationship of living in harmony with God all because of Jesus Christ. Again, this is the power when we take and we share and we remember his broken body, his shed blood in communion. Again, it, it is a testimony to us of that relationship that we now have with Father God because of what Jesus did on behalf of us. So I just want to encourage you this week, Take some time, uh, either as a family or individually, and, and just take communion. Because again, there is such power, and there's just something that God wants to release over us as we take his body um, and his blood. So let me just pray for you. Father, we thank you so much for what these elements represent. Father, I thank you for the declaration that it makes over us, Lord, that we will never ever experience the wrath of God because Jesus experienced it for us. He took our sins upon himself and what he offers us now is something more than friendship. He's offering us an opportunity to be declared righteous and innocent. He's offering us an opportunity to, to go from being enemies of God to being the sons and daughters of the Most High. And so, Father, we thank you for your broken body, your shed blood. And, Father, we pray, Lord, that you would just continue to be with us, to walk with us during this time, to continue to reveal yourself to us through your word. And, Father, again, we just ask, Lord, that you would just continue to watch over us to guard us, to keep us, and uh, to protect us, and just to guard our hearts and minds uh, in Christ Jesus. And Father, we thank you for your peace that passes understanding, and ask that that peace would establish us in our Father's eyes and in our relationship with him. And we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.